Welcome to Career and Leadership Real Talk, the no-nonsense guide for ambitious managers who want to have more impact and progress their career. I'm Pamela Langan, a job search coach and expert CV writer specialising in helping frustrated professionals land the jobs and pay rises they know they deserve. And I'm Jackie Jagger, a leadership and mindset coach specialising in helping newly promoted and new to role leaders to avoid the dickhead trap and lead with confidence. Between us, we've helped hundreds of leaders and managers to find new roles, take ownership of their careers, and handle the challenges that job searches and leadership responsibility inevitably bring. And now we're joining forces to share with you what we know has worked for our clients. Hello, and welcome to episode 18. Today, we are talking about feedback, the good, the bad, and the sometimes very ugly of feedback. And specifically, what we're going to be talking about is how to give feedback that actually makes a difference at work. So if you are an ambitious manager, then you will have to be on the receiving end of feedback, but you will also be expected to give feedback on a regular basis. So we're going to cover the difference between feedback and opinions. We're going to talk about why it is that people sometimes duck out of giving feedback why people sometimes don't act on your feedback when you do give it, and then giving some practical takeaways to hopefully make it easier and simpler to give feedback that will actually get acted on. So Pam, feedback versus opinions then. <laughs> what's, okay. what's the difference and why does it matter? Okay, so for me, feedback is non-judgmental, it's constructive, and it's a way of viewing something differently it doesn't involve my opinion it's an overview of what's happened and really there's no judgment there and you know somebody can listen to that they can take it in they can think about what they would do differently next time what they need to do maybe to resolve a situation or they can take away that positivity and feel really good about themselves yeah I think the definition that I always use is that feedback is data that somebody can use in a work context in the context we're talking about feedback is data that somebody can use to improve their performance and you're absolutely right that's it's a very cold clean definition and it doesn't involve those kind of opinions and judgments and preferences and I think there's sometimes a temptation and I know I have been guilty of this in the past where we want other people to do things our way or the way we think is right and there's not always that objectivity there there's not always that clarity around do I actually need to give feedback here do I need somebody to do it the way that I think is right does that automatically change the level of their performance for that particular task or improve the chances of that project being delivered or whatever it may be and I think the temptation is there to want to give opinions and give critique and give advice and give guidance and it can be really well intentioned but actually checking in with yourself and asking that question of nuts and bolts of it is this non-judgmental data that this person can use to improve or is this just my opinion can make a massive difference because we are in a world where there is advice overwhelm when you're at work advice can be springing at you opinions can come at you from every direction and I think when you're receiving it as well when you're receiving 
feedback or opinions, it's also important to differentiate then of, do I need to listen to that? Or is that person's opinion and it's okay for me to have a different view? Or is that useful, objective feedback that is going to help me if I take it on board? And sometimes when it's not well delivered, that can get blurred. And I think that's where you're talking about the emotional side of it. Yeah. And I think when people are giving feedback, if they're talking about their thoughts and feelings around a certain situation, like that can be leaning towards opinion, their opinion, rather than being really objective and helping them, like you say, giving them the data that they need to either improve something or to take a really good pat on the back because they've done something really well. And I think when you feel, if you give feedback and you feel like it's not being well received, it's almost asking yourself, reflecting on that, could I have done that differently? Is that person's response a valid response to what I said? Did I say that in the right way? Did I actually include a lot more of my own opinion than I meant to? You know, you can reflect on these things and go back. Nobody is perfect when it comes to giving feedback. And it is definitely something that you learn and grow with you're always going to learn from feedback that you give and how it's accepted by the other person or not accepted by the other person then you're going to keep going through that process and you're going to keep learning but the main thing is when you're in that situation it's like just thinking how is that received and you can usually tell by the other person's body language and how they react and whether they actually go away and take that feedback and you know, if they're not taking it, does that mean they didn't understand it or that it wasn't the best feedback? What What do you think? And I think it can be signs of both. There's nothing more frustrating than when you, especially if you have checked in with yourself and you're really definite that this is feedback, it's not just opinion, and it's really important that somebody does something with it. And sometimes you have to really kind of build yourself up to giving feedback because it's not always that comfortable and then nothing happens and they don't act on it and that can be so frustrating where you feel like you've made the effort to give the feedback and then it's being ignored or rejected then that can build the emotion and build the frustration because you feel like well, hang on a minute <laughs> it's really important that you listen to this it's really important that you act on this and so if you're not seeing that then that can start to get really tricky. So how easy do people tend to find it to give feedback? I feel like for me, it's something that I've always found. I'm pretty straightforward. I'm pretty comfortable with delivering feedback. But I know from my client work, that's not always the case. And I'm guessing that's probably the same for you with your clients. Yeah, it is exactly the same because people tend to, you know, when they're giving feedback, it can be difficult depending on the person. I think some people are easier to give feedback to and other people you think, oh, do I really want to go down that road today? Because I know how they're going to react. They don't react well to my feedback. It's just a constant kind of head button exercise. So I think sometimes people can shy away from giving feedback because of the response that they get. So that's where I think it's almost time to think, okay, how could that feedback be better received? How could I give that feedback to that person and really help them 
to improve on something. Absolutely. I feel like the biggest blocker is that people think of feedback more so in the context of constructive or negative feedback. So giving a message where something needs to change rather than you need to see more of it or you need to see it repeated. And therefore, there's a there can be a blocker with that because you feel like delivering feedback is potentially, like you say, going to get that reaction of you're going to get someone's backup, you're going to get resistance, it's going to cause conflict of some kind. And so I think that can cause that hesitation, particularly if you are fairly new to management roles or you're managing somebody who is new to your team or you're working as colleagues with someone and you've got to feedback and you don't know them that well, there is that apprehension that you can feel that sense of, oh, how's that going to go down? Do I really want to bite the bullet and do this or don't I? And I think there's some really simple tools and we'll come to the practical takeaways at the end of this and I think there are ways to make that simpler but ultimately you have to do it you've got to be prepared to jump in and do it you you build the skill by doing it more often and I think it's natural to have some of that apprehension and to be a bit nervous but also recognize that you know what feedback isn't always about negative or developmental or constructive it's not always about a change it's sometimes about helping people to reflect on why something's gone well how they can get more of that result so if you are struggling then I think that's one area is that you can start to think about how can I get better at giving feedback that gets acted on well actually I can start by giving more of the positive feedback rather than focusing on the stuff that might prompt the conflict Yeah, definitely. And I think everybody should do that because feedback is like a muscle. You've got to keep working it. And even when you don't get the right responses, it's about reflecting, trying again. And like you say there, if you make make a deal with yourself to give at least every single person in your team some positive feedback during, depending on how much time you spend with them if you're with them on a daily basis maybe you're going to aim to do that at least once a week so you're looking for things that have gone well which then ultimately are going to increase productivity and all the rest of it because if you're spotting things that have gone well and you're like wow that went really well how can we do more of that how can we get more people thinking in that way how can we get more people on board of this and then that kind of escalates and you spread the positivity so if feedback is something that you're worried about or you've not had the best response when you're giving feedback and you tend to shy away from giving it then you should maybe think about looking for some positive things and starting to feedback on them because that's the easiest place to start isn't it given positive feedback like no one's going to reject that and actually also a lot of the data and research suggests that's the most impactful type of feedback We think we're quite conditioned to try and fix weaknesses and try and solve problems. We lose sight sometimes of how impactful and how valuable it can be to spotlight and highlight things that are going well. It's certainly something I really regret. So since training as a coach, one of the things that I've really recognized is the value of clients working within their strengths and talents 
And when I go back and look at how I operated when I was in employed roles, I felt I I really enjoyed leadership roles and I had a lot of fun working with people and developing people. And that was a real passion of mine. But one of the things that I did do was worked within that normal organizational contacts of what's your strengths, what's your development areas. And a lot of the emphasis, both for me in terms of my own self-assessment and development, but also in terms of how I managed others, was how do we fix the gaps? And it's a bit of a revelation, I think, when you start to realize that sometimes you don't need to fix gaps. Sometimes when people have got enough strengths, there might be things that do need to change, but often it's less than you might think and less of an emphasis on that and more of an emphasis on strengths. A lot of the data and research suggests that you get more out of people when you work in that way than you do when you're constantly nitpicking and trying to change every single thing that maybe isn't perfect. So yeah, I think that's really key. And What is it then that stops people acting on feedback? Have you had that when you were leader or manager where you have that kind of headbutt moment where you're just like, why won't they listen to me? Why won't they change? (laughs) I think every new leader goes through that, don't they, at some point. And even experienced leaders will go through that. And yeah, when that has happened to me in the past, at first I was like, why aren't they listening? Like it was a really clear instruction, but then... When I reflected on it and thought about it, maybe it was a little bit opinionated. Maybe it was a little bit about what I thought rather than what, how they thought we could work together or how they thought we could improve something. And I'd probably imparted an opinion rather than give the feedback. I've definitely been, so I'm remembering and grimacing, thinking of some of the times when I got this wrong earlier in my career. And I think... One of the things that I was very definitely guilty of with this in terms of people not acting on my feedback was I just caused confusion because I gave too much feedback. So I am quite comfortable with delivering feedback and I would go. So a lot of my career was in retail. So I might go and have a conversation with somebody. And off the back of that, there might have been 17 things. And what I didn't do was really highlight and pick out one or two priorities that I was identifying and saying, okay, how are we going to make a change on these specific things? And when I look back, it's blindingly obvious when I was there and in the moment of it, that was what happened was I would have all of these things. And to me, I felt like it was clear at the time, because in my head, I could very easily have looked at that list and thought, okay, yeah, if I was working through it, those would be, that would be the order of the ways that I would work through things. But I just used to bamboozle people. I would give so much and I wouldn't give that real crystal clear clarity on, okay. And from all of that, how do we, you know, I would do a store visit. We would cover so much. We would be talking about the team. We would be talking about recruitment. We would be talking about visual merchandising. We would be talking about sales performance. We'd be talking about staff training. And then what I didn't do is really give that clarity that says, okay, and this is what I want you to act on. And I think if I'd have done that, or if I'd have not had all of that broad ranging conversation and just focus the conversation on one or two key areas, I could have got so much better 
result in terms of people acting on feedback because they would have known what I wanted them to act on, which sounds ridiculous saying it now. But and, there and you go. Live and learn from our mistakes. <laughs> And it is, it's a, it's as simple as that, isn't it? But that is true, isn't it? And especially as a new leader or an ambitious leader, like you go full steam ahead, don't you? You spot things, you've got fresh eyes on things and it's easy to go, we need to change this and this. And also one of the things that I struggled with at the start was having those difficult conversations and giving that feedback and feedback for me felt like it was a difficult conversation all of the time. So I then decided to give feedback as much as possible, which then was always the constructive feedback. This is what I think that we need to do, what I think you need to do. And that wasn't always well received. And then when you flip it and then you start looking for the positive things, like what I found as well, when I became comfortable with those difficult conversations and I thought I can do these now. So let's focus a bit more positively because it's not good. It doesn't feel good just constantly giving out that even if it is constructive and even if it's helping people, it just feels a bit draining. But then when you flip it and you start noticing the good things and how can we do more of this, those things actually that you need to improve on become less and less because as people do more good stuff and it almost like it radiates doesn't it well how can we do this how can we get more people on board how can we replicate this and make it even better and even bigger and then all of that constructive stuff actually then becomes less and less and that's that was what I found absolutely Um, absolutely and there is One of the things that I talk to clients about is that as a manager or leader, part of your role is to build the confidence of the people that are in your team. It's your job to believe in them before they believe in themselves and to help them build that self-belief. And that might sound quite airy-fairy or fluffy, and there might genuinely be performance concerns that you need to address from time to time. I'm not taking away from that. But when you focus on helping people build their self-belief and build their confidence, confidence leads to action, leads to learning, leads to competence. So by helping them to have the confidence to have a go at something or to try something and have the understanding that if it doesn't go brilliantly from day one, I think that's the other thing that people make a mistake with feedback is they expect that people will act on it immediately and get it right first time. And that isn't always possible. Sometimes it takes a bit of time. And if you withdraw your belief in them and you withdraw your confidence in them because they haven't done it, they haven't picked things up as quickly as you or they haven't acted on the feedback immediately, then you create a vicious cycle where they lose confidence and they then don't find you as approachable or they don't want to ask you to clarify or explain things again because they feel like they're making themselves look stupid in front of you. Whereas if they really feel like you've got their back and you know that they're capable of this and they just haven't quite got it right yet, then that builds their confidence. And exactly as you say, then over time, then you don't need as much of the constructive feedback anyway, because you're seeing that improvement and you're seeing the progress that you want to see in people's performance. And again, I think that's something that people don't necessarily know how to do is to really hone in on giving that feedback and I remember years ago having a conversation with somebody who was so like you I wasn't always as good at that 
positive feedback. And I had a conversation with a new member of my team and I was up front and said, look, I know that this is something that I'm not good enough at. I know this is something that I don't tend to give as much as I recognize I probably should. And a few weeks later, we were checking in at one of her one-to-ones and I was saying, how are you finding it? Are you finding the balance okay? And her feedback was, do you know what? I don't need it as much from you because I just sense your belief in me. I know that you trust me. I know that you believe in me. So I don't need as much of the day-to-day positive because I know I can, I can tell it's there. And I think that for me was a really useful light bulb moment of recognizing how important that belief in other people is to getting the best out of them. Yeah. And do you know what? That is, that is so true. And that's like a perfect example of how to do it right, isn't it? How to do it properly and how to build your own confidence in doing that as well. Yeah. And what else stops people acting on feedback then? So we've got spraying too much at them. We've got that kind of lack of clarity where they're not sure on what the priority is or what to do with it. What else gets in the way? It could just be simply that person doesn't agree with you that does play into it as well just because you're the leader doesn't mean that what you say is the right way all the time and sometimes someone else might think that they know better so I suppose it's how you manage that as well isn't it yeah absolutely I think and I think particularly that can come about where you've delivered the feedback and not checked in with how it's been received sometimes they don't they haven't received it the way that you intended or they haven't understood it or they just disagree with how you've fed back to them so I think that kind of check-in with people when you're delivering feedback is so key it's about understanding this is the message I intended what message have they taken from it and I think that kind of sense check can help to facilitate some of that discussion if that's the case I think another thing that I see is one of the things that feedback does or can do, particularly where it's developmental or constructive feedback, is it activates the threat response. So we have an emotional response and we then feel defensive and feel under threat. And so if somebody feels threatened, they're not (laughs) their brain is not in a learning space. So (laughs) anything you say after they have felt threatened and even if you didn't intend it and even if it's you know threatened sounds like a big word sounds quite serious and it's not always if your brain if the emotional brain has been activated and that person feels under threat or judged or defensive in any way and that can be about the language that you use it can be about the fact that this goes back to they might feel stupid because they knew that already and now you've kind of highlighted something that they know they should have been able to act on there's all kinds of reasons for it and there's ways that you can try and minimize the chances of activating that threat response but if it has happened pretty much anything you say after that is not going to hit home it's not going to land because somebody is not in a learning zone when they feel criticized or judged or under threat in some way Yeah. And that's like interesting as well, isn't it? And another thing that I think is interesting with feedback and one way that 
a lot of people are taught to give feedback is our favorite, our favorite, or I'm just getting the soapbox ready. Non-favorite method of giving feedback is the, I don't know how to say this about being rude on the part of the glorious sandwich, the feedback sandwich. The feedback sandwich. So this is really old-fashioned I saw somebody post about this on LinkedIn the other day and I was wading straight in there so the feedback sandwich if you're not familiar with it you're lucky and you can instantly forget it after listening to this podcast but in essence and you know what actually the intent of it is not that bad but in terms of how it's delivered and how it works it is definitely not the best feedback model and it's basically the idea that you have something good so rather than delivering a constructive or developmental piece of feedback what happens is you're supposed to say one good thing then the bad thing that you've got to say and then finish on the good thing so the idea is that you give twice as much positive as this negative thing and the idea is about this whole defensive response and about making sure that people feel that you don't think that their entirety of what they do is terrible and all there's loads of good intent behind it but in reality what happens is that people basically feel one of three things they either feel the confusion because it's kind of okay well hang on there's three things you've told me there two of them are positive one of them's negative what am I supposed to take from that so there's the kind of confusion or they instantly hear the negative bit and they the threat response is activated and their brain just disregards the positive oh I've heard this bad thing and I need to defend myself and what have you because of that or that they just don't hear the bad bit and they hear the two positive things and they're like oh happy days all right there was a bit of a thing mentioned in the middle there but on the whole happy away I go I'm doing something good so in any of those scenarios it's not going to get acted on. The thing that you want is not going to get acted on or one of the things you want. So yeah, I definitely do not recommend the feedback sandwich in any way, shape or form. And I feel like I've been quite moderate, actually. I could definitely rant more than that. Yeah, and it is interesting as well because in my early career, a lot of the leadership training that I did leaned towards praise sandwich or that feedback sandwich yeah if anyone did any leadership training in like maybe the late 90s to early noughties that Mm. was the only feedback model that was ever (laughs) trained and I thought it was extinct now but no apparently it's still around sometimes yeah and it's funny as well because people do still use it and when anybody does that to me then I just I'm on it straight away I'm like the other thing if you've been trained in it then instinctively what happens is you hear the good thing and then you're listening for the bad thing and then you're waiting for the good thing again and you've actually zoned out of what somebody's saying because you just know what's being done to you yeah and you're like how could you do that to me but yeah it's a hard one isn't it because you know I suppose if you need to give somebody feedback the easiest way to approach it is to start on a positive because if you go straight in like you said people's threat response is going to be straight up. They'll go on the defensive. So I suppose it's like, what's the best way to almost break down those barriers so that somebody takes that feedback in and can then act on it rather than taking offense to it and not listening. So I think there's a few principles that I would say, if you want your feedback to be listened to and acted on, 
then I think there is some really sound advice in making sure that you give more positive feedback than negative. But I wouldn't tie those two together. When positive feedback is justified, I would give that positive feedback. So it's about timeliness. It's about doing it there and then. And when you notice something good, train yourself to acknowledge and recognize that positive thing and give that feedback there and then. Over time, the trend should be that you want more positive and ideally more than twice as much. Ideally, people will probably be like, what? But ideally, the data would say five or six times as much. So you want a lot more positive. And that's because that really feeds that psychological safety where people feel like you've got their back. They feel like most of what they're doing is hitting the spot. And then it feels safe if you're giving them a piece of constructive feedback, because it doesn't feel like it's a judgment or that they're failing. It's balanced in the whole. And what I was saying to you before we came on air that I've seen it when I've been training leaders in different levels in the same business, people always overestimate how much positive feedback they give and they underestimate how much positive feedback they receive. So I've done it where I one week I'll train one level of leaders and they're saying to me, oh, we never get positive feedback. It's no news, it's good news, but we're really good. We make sure that we do give positive feedback to our teams. And then I'll be training the level that reports to them the following week, ask the same question yeah, we never get positive feedback. It's no news is good news, but we make sure we give it. (laughs) And we judge ourselves on our intentions and we judge other people on their actions. So the first thing I would say is do make sure that you give ridiculously more positive feedback than you think you need to give, but don't tie the two together in one conversation. Give that positive feedback when you notice it, when there's a reason to. I think the other thing is about the importance of being really clear and specific. So if it's about your opinions, keep them to yourself or be honest about the fact that this is my opinion. I've got no proof that this is the right thing to do. But again, if you say to somebody, oh, can I give you some feedback straight away that the threat response is activated? Nothing good ever came of that start of a 10. Nobody says, can I give you some feedback? Oh, yes. Oh, I thought that was brilliant. It's always a precursor. So again, even something that simple can activate the threat response. But when you keep it really clear and specific and you make sure that it's feedback and not opinions, then it's so much easier because you're factual to the situation. So if I take an example of, you know, somebody has delivered a piece of work And let's say the accuracy is wrong. There are errors in the data in the report. The conclusions don't match the data that's displayed. Those are facts. Talking about those facts and saying, okay, I've noticed these things opens the conversation with something that then is not a judgment. It is factual. And then it opens the conversation to be able to talk about, okay, so why is that? What's what's happened there? And that can be a conversation. Feedback doesn't have to be something that you do to somebody. It can be the opening to a really good coaching conversation where you're getting their view on and their understanding on what's happened and why. And sometimes the answers that you get 
just make it perfectly obvious what's happened. Do you know what? I'm really sorry. I was working until 11 o'clock last night. I was half asleep by the time I put that in. My mistake. Yeah, recognize. And that's why. But other times it can be that coaching conversation needs to go a little bit deeper and needs to get to that point of helping that person to see what is it that's gone on? Why is that the case? How have we got to that particular point? Yeah, definitely. And I think if you can approach it like that, it just makes it so much easier because people are not going to be defensive and they'll be more open to the feedback. If you are spreading that positivity and you are, you're, you're, being supportive as a leader you're pointing out all of the good stuff and then when it comes to speaking about the the constructive stuff then it's so much easier absolutely and I think the other thing I would say is about just being really mindful of your language when you're having those conversations the developmental ones again it's being mindful of any emotional words or words that might make somebody feel judged, particularly any language that kind of implies blame or judgment or criticism. Just take that language out and keep it really factual. Yeah. And I think as well, one thing that I learned as well around giving feedback is when it is something constructive and you feel quite emotional about it, if you can approach that feedback in, you know, the most calm manner that is possible at that time, then that also helps where emotions are attached. It's always harder and people will get defensive, especially if they sense those emotions coming through as well. So I would always take 20 minutes out to think about it before approaching it take 20 minutes to think about it and then let's approach it without judgment let's not make assumptions let's just look at what went wrong I've got in mind an example as you're saying that I think particularly on email it's so easy for email conversations to escalate and I remember a conversation with someone that reported to me that had received an email and they were literally off on one and literally could hear the nails because they were typing the response back and I just said to her okay what do you think is going to happen if you send that now and it it was enough to just go oh yeah okay it's going to inflame the situation it's not going to help the situation and she took the pause and then it was a case of coming back to it with fresh eyes and I think that is where almost that like coaching style of leadership and feedback comes into it because instead of kind of steaming in with this is wrong you shouldn't have done this you should have thought about it differently maybe you should have approached it differently talk me through what happened what do you think went wrong sometimes people don't even realize that they've gone wrong or they've done something that wasn't the right process or whatever so it's it is a case of asking them because sometimes as well the way that you then deliver that feedback can be quite different because if you say what went wrong and they're like nothing went wrong from my point of view everything's fine and you're like okay so that's going to change how we're going to approach this now because you think it's fine and it's clearly not so maybe this is a training issue and this is where you start for me breaking it down in your mind as a leader when you're kind of going through it but It's just having that little bit of a pause to think, okay, what do I want to achieve? What do I want this person to do at the end of this conversation? Getting them to talk through what happened, I always think is a better way of giving feedback because it's almost like they start giving the feedback to themselves. And I think sometimes as well, those coaching questions, 
around the positive feedback are really good as well because sometimes we can just make assumptions what people did to make something go right without actually really knowing so it's oh my goodness that was amazing well done for doing that that was a great result how did you do it what did you do you know what what made you go down that route or whatever it is and then you might even learn something yourself about that process or something that the team can then adopt later on so I think there's definitely a benefit in almost getting people to deliver that feedback themselves yeah it's really key that when you can get somebody to recognize something for themselves and tell you that feedback then you don't even have to give them the feedback at all and if they can't quite get it then you've still got the option to do that if it's needed if it's specific factual clear and it's important that they hear it and they act on it then you can still do that but I think investing in that relationship and having that conversation first feels very different to barging straight in there and here am I with all my feedback here you go (laughs) so yeah having having that conversation around it and helping that person think through can make such a difference yeah so A kind of summary then, what would be your kind of top couple of quick tips for people to take away? So I think in terms of giving feedback, my top tips would be to make sure you've got no emotion attached to to that conversation. You want to think before you go into that conversation, what outcome do I want? What do I want people to do when we walk away from this conversation? And then also just thinking around the feedback that you're actually delivering. So can you, if it's constructive or positive, can you go in there and ask them the questions around what happened? And obviously depending positive or negative, what went well, what can we do differently next time? And what can we learn from the situation? And I think if you tackle it in that way, that just makes feedback so much easier. And finally, I think just give as much positive feedback as you can. Catch people doing something good go out of your way to do that even if it's something that they're just doing as part of the day job every day people are never going to reject positive feedback and it feels good it creates a great like environment to work in and it makes you a better leader and more approachable and I think the two things I would add would be make sure that it's really clear and specific and make sure that you don't overwhelm people with too much all at once or in close succession, separate different pieces of feedback so that people can take that one clear message, that one specific message, and that way you'll maximize your chances that they're actually going to do something with it. So that brings us to the end. Um, We will be back again next week. As ever, thank you for joining us. If you do know of anybody that you think would enjoy the podcast, then please do share it with them. And please do get in touch. We would love to hear from you about the topics that have hit home for you, the topics that you'd love to hear more about, and any questions that you have got for us that we can answer too. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time.